Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dish Yalta Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Dude, it's Thursday night, which means we're here on the Yalta Confusion Podcast, dun, doing dun, the dun. things with the people. And the people love us. Well, some people love me. I'm not sure about the rest of us. Touche, sir. Touche. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific comer himself, Zilios. Salutations. Salutations, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a weekly show for you where we take your comments, your topics, and questions and try our best to cover them with you during the show. If we sadly do not get a chance to get to your question, your topic, or your suggestion, we will cover it in the next episode. Now, if you haven't up to this point given us your question, your topic, or your um item for consideration you could drop it in the chat and we'll try to add it to the our conversation for today so without further ado ladies and gentlemen let's get into it now uh some of you may have noticed there was a story on npr i know it's a it's national public radio it kind of scares a lot of people when you hear that the very monotonous droning on of those individuals who are the reporters for npr but there was a story recently about um this uh, fan who created a kind of like Mario Brothers Battle Royale game. And of course, Nintendo comes out and goes, no, you can't do that. And then within a couple of years, uh, Nintendo comes out with basically the exact same thing. So my question to you, ladies and gentlemen, is what is your feeling or how do you feel when you see a fan pour in their blood, sweat, and tears and their heart and soul into a fan-made project, it gets shut down, and within a couple of years... The I guess the official version of what was made by the fan has been released by the developer. I mean, the question is how much of the fan-made game did the developer actually decide to spiritually borrow? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be a hypothetical situation for all we know where this game was already being developed by the developer. Um, now, I do think if the game was stopped in the wholesale Nintendo was like, Ooh, this is a great game. I think we're going to basically rip off this entire game. Then I would say, uh, Nintendo is a naughty dog in that case. Um, but I doubt that we'll ever know those answers for sure. As far as the origins and was the hundred percent of the, um, impetus behind it, this fan-made project, or was there already inklings going on in the ether of developer brains? Well, I mean, technically you could say that anything has been, was already a production before someone came up with the idea, because at this point, no idea is truly 100% unique. Um, I do feel, I don't know, like I understand, I, I, I love seeing fan projects. I'm a huge supporter of fan projects. And I really don't like it when the um, when the developer comes down and basically pisses on uh, a fan's dreams. Now that being said, I think that I personally I have a little bit more leniency when it comes to fan projects that are not in the same medium and also are not making money. I want to clear. Yeah, that. money is where it always becomes a little bit finicky. But why should? I don't know, but there also comes a point where why should Nintendo, in this case, let's say they ripped off this other company's idea, yep. why should they be able to turn tail 
and rip off another person's idea for a game and use that? Why is that not just as protected of intellectually as a product of a, let's just say Zelda, for instance? It's because so, they own the IP. I'm saying, but why is that? Should that, I guess maybe that's a better way of putting it. Should that, should my idea of a game that I came up with be just as protected as the IP and I'm talking about the ideas behind the game, the concepts, if that was ripped off, shouldn't that be just as protected as the IP? Well, I think you're, if you're looking at it that way, I think that you're then looking at a, um, I hate using this, this analogy, but basically you're looking at what happened to a, um, Twilight fanfic. And that of course is uh, Twilight fanfic turned into 50 shades of gray. Um, the, the, but the, that somehow ended up working out and making them. True, but they also true. didn't explicitly use. Well, it, used the, 50, it, 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 it had vampires and werewolves. They just took that part out and and just added a little more um, of the the saucy naughtiness, I guess. But when mm. it comes to the the thing is, the reason why I say I'm a little bit more lenient when it goes to uh, different mediums. So let's say that you you're a huge fan of Zelda or mm -hmm. uh, Mario or whatever, and you decide to make, I don't know, uh, a comic book or a um, uh, a fanfic story, something like that. That, to me, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm more on board with that. When you, and I, I would hope that would give the the developers a little bit less of a you know creep out factor. Now, of course, Nintendo is notorious for anything that touches R.I.P. We're gonna shut it down, uh, even if truth. it's good. Um, one of the one of the main ones is a hero. What was it? Hero of Time, which was a fanfic Zelda movie, which was really good. I mean, yeah, it, there there were some rough spots, and you could definitely tell it was on a shoe, a shoestring budget. But at the same time, it was good. But Nintendo goes, no, mm -mm, no. Um, so I think the other the other reason why I'm a little bit more lenient, and I hope that other uh, IP owners are as well, is that when you go into a different medium, you know, so with a video game, like, oh yeah, well we were coming up with that for years, uh, you know, that that was just our secret project. We saw how much the fans liked this version, so we decided that we'd stop this. Dickwad, and we'd make our own. Uh, but if it's more of like a story or like a TV show or something, I think that you could show more originality. I guess if if and you're it's also make... not competing directly with the original genre, exactly. and that's probably part exactly. of the issue too. Exactly. It, I think if you're if you're trying to make your version of a Mario game or a Zelda game, I think that obviously. You want people to understand that that's where your heart's at, but you want to also make it enough of your own that you don't get shut down. Well, I'd say, I think you also see now, like taking, for instance, Mario, yep. how many, you know, back in the day, it's like Mario was just in Mario Brothers, right? Yep. So if you created, I'm just throwing out a random genre. If you created a fighter Mario game, at one time, that would have been very unique to the video game realm, right? There was not a fighting Mario game, but now yes, Mario's in basically every genre you can imagine of Nintendo games. Exactly. So it's also a little bit different where now it's it's really hard to make a unique Mario encounter on a 
video game because it's so prolific. Um, same thing with Zelda. Zelda's been in so many of these different genres. So I think that maybe has also changed that. I mean, it hasn't because Nintendo has always been this way. Yeah. Um, but for able to be like, okay, well, it might compete with it because now Mario is in everything. Right. I mean, is it a, if if it turns out that Nintendo, you know, stole the entire idea of this person, it is a dick move. But at the same time, they're holding all the cards. You know, this is this goes back to several conversations we had before, where even if you have an original idea, uh, the big the big boys can squash you hard enough that you'll have to give up and roll over and play dead. Well, I mean, the reality is they come attack you with a legion of lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, it pays to have money sometimes. There's not a whole lot you can do about that. You mean Even sometimes. if you're, I mean, if we're all we know, some of these properties could be legally in the right. It's hypothetically possible, but let's be honest, nobody has, you know, it's a fan-made project. None of these fans exactly have the funds to bring Nintendo to court anyways if they wanted to. Ooh. Uh, Sam Grizzle says, devil's advocate, what if the fan's product stinks and makes Nintendo look bad? And that's the other reason why you see a lot of um, a lot of uh, companies come out and, you know, squash fan-made projects or mods that are unlicensed because um, because they, they make the, the, the property look bad or um, they make people believe that the product has gone bad. Um, hey, it doesn't prevent uh, EA from releasing a NFL game every year. Well, I was, uh, damn it, you beat me to the punch. I was like, well, you know, <laughs> they, they can't, EA Sports cannot utilize that, you know, uh, that line to to basically shovel the crap that they've been putting out under the door. I do agree. I think from a developer perspective, that is a strong argument in their favor. What's well, also being able to put the kibosh on fan-made products. Well, it's also following the same logic. That's another reason why um, there's been such a pushback with uh, backwards compatibility because is is when you allow, especially when it comes to software back, backwards compatibility, when you allow for your game to exist, uh, be able to be played on that software emulator. If things go wrong, people are going to think that the developer is in the wrong, not the, the creator of the emulator, uh, be it like Microsoft on, you know, basically sitting on top of their, their OS or something. So that's why there, there is a hesitance to, to, you know, uh, update and to allow your games to have a back, uh, you know, a back catalog, uh, for backwards compatibility, because you don't know what's going to happen, um, with like the newer technology. Hell go find yourself, uh, a DOS based game install it on your PC and then run it and then watch the craziness occur because it, it's insane. Isn't that like most games that are coming out nowadays anyways? Yes. But I'm just saying um, that if, if you were to play like an old school game, it, it, it's like you're playing on uh, 60, uh, 60 speed f- going fast forward because there's no cap. There's no limp. There's no cap on the old games. So, like, you know, the actions and the rendering and all that stuff is just basically being spewed as fast as possible. Well, of course, there's always the publicity perspective in that, you know, if you go to um, a lot of conventions, Mm -hmm. like, you would always see fan-made art. Right. Like, on T-shirts and posters and other things, obviously all unlicensed. 
but I think a part of that's the volume, right? If you're just kind of doing your volume at conventions, I think that's a little bit different, um, which actually was kind of interesting to me because so Dragon Con, yep. they did all of their um, vendors booths online. Mm-hmm. And that kind of always been one of my perspectives. Like, you know, it's just at the booth, not a big deal. Um, but now all of that content uh, basically is fan made, obviously unlicensed materials now available to purchase online at basically dragoncon.com, which was always kind of interesting to me. So is that still available or are they've already taken that down? Cause that's no, that, it's, that uh, no, it's still online because I would assume, you know, to, to be safe, I, 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 as a vendor, if I were a vendor who was creating fan-made stuff, I would only allow for my inventory to be available for X amount of time and then would remove it. Um, well, I would think also there's probably like some kind of like unspoken agreement almost between like the, um, not the vendors, but the actual conventions themselves. The organizers. And the, yeah, in the IPs that like no harm, no foul, almost kind of deal. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm actually kind of surprised that like in this case, like DragonCon hasn't taken them down to kind of not run afoul of, you know, fandoms like coming down and be like, yeah, you can't have that. Well, it's an interesting uh, it's it's an interesting tug of war because on one you know on one hand you you've got a massively popular um, convention. Um, uh, but at the same time, the convention is also supporting and publicizing the ripping off of IP. So as as the IP owner, is it worth the, the trouble of trying to, to smack the convention down? Because I think you would get a lot of that. You would get a lot more like a convention the size of Dragon Con probably would have some teeth if we were, if we were to come down to a legal battle. Well, and I think, you know, that's kind of a lot of least specifically Dragon Con. The way I would yep. look at that is they're also very much, it's a fan service in a way where, you know, you can go buy this really cool Firefly artwork mm-hmm. to keep Firefly in the hearts and minds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of it where a lot of these kind of genres, it kind of keeps people going and interested in it. Um so actually, I was just looking in line, and it looks like it finally has ended. Okay. Um, so as about two weeks ago, I remember I looked, and it was still active. You could buy stuff, but that you go there now, and the virtual marketplace is closed. Smart. Yeah. So I mean, it's there's definitely so it's definitely, and it seems to be like it's the more so the digital content that you're selling like on your website year round. That seems to be where the where they're going to come down on you. Right. Versus, you know, if you have a small marketplace, um, my guess there's probably kind of some like back of the napkin, like, okay, if you're selling this much product, we're not going to say anything. But if you're trying to sell your shirt at Target, that's a little bit of a different discussion. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, to kind of just like go back and wrap this bad boy up, look, I am all for uh, fan projects. I, I love them because it show it truly shows the passion. Hell, I'd much rather see a fan project where your heart and soul is into it than a uh, playing to the masses piece of crap that will probably make some money, but you could tell that it's soulless. I, I That's just me, though. 
That never happens, good sir. Well, I, I know there's someone that most of my friends know in certain circles who that falls squarely on their shoulders. But that's besides the point. Um, now, uh, I know this is going to uh, this is going to come out of left field, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's going to be a huge surprise, but Twitch what? is back in the news for. Um, Basically, Twitch employees are accusing of indifference to harassment and abuse in the workplace. Yay! So, um, basically, this stems around the fact that um, certain uh, gripes or complaints or requests go unanswered while others do, which, of course, you know, favoritism. Yeah. Uh, there has been a lot of pushback, um, and uh, just to go in a specific direction here, uh, there's two different cases with uh, surrounding emojis that are available on Twitch. One of them is the raccoon. Uh, a lot of African-American streamers are getting abused by the utilization of the raccoon emoji. It's, it's a, hmm. with a negative connotation. Yep. However, uh, back in September was the National Hispanic Month, and Twitch introduced... Two emojis, one the sombrero and the other one the maracas. And within like a week, they're like, oh my God, so insensitive of us. We're so sorry. We removed them. I hope it didn't, you know, uh, sting anyone too hard. So they're, you know, so once again, we're faced with this either you do it or you don't. And for the love of God, man, just. I understand I, that, I, that we're we're to the point know. where I under the thing is if if it if something is being utilized to harass a segment uh, a race and uh, a you know a, uh, a a gender a orientation or something then it probably needs to be evaluated and probably removed okay now I understand that. There are going to be those asshats out there who are going to campaign for every single emoji saying that it's illegal or it's, you know, it's detrimental to their, uh, I don't know, religious beliefs or something. Just, to, you know, or or their alien mothership gods. Um, but I think that something like this where, where it's obvious that individuals are utilizing this as a derogatory you know, attack upon a very specific subsection of the, the, the population, I think that that needs to be taken care of. That's just my opinion. Well, I also think in that case, if somebody's being a obviously racist jack wagon, mm -hmm. that they should very easily be able to get the um, ban hammer also. Agreed. Uh, and not just by the moderator of their channel, but twitch do their overall twitch banning which i don't actually know how they really do because obviously that's not hard to do not easy to do in today's age um, if you're humongous it, it it hurts but if you're small yeah. you just do alt you know uh alt accounts yep no it's i mean in that's probably most of the trolls out there they're let's be honest probably young kids just going out there and thinking it's the funniest damn thing and Unfortunately, they probably don't even know what that means. They don't even understand why using the chipmunks even derogatory or offensive. Right. It's one of those things where like, ha ha, this is funny. And so they all start to do it. And that's, I think also crappy is they, I imagine a lot of this is unknowing, just knowing that they're being a jackass 
and they just do it because someone they can and it. someone else did it and it's the whole group mentality thing. Uh, I believe the correct terminology, if you want to get uh, scientific, is herd mentality. I don't believe herd in science. Mentality. I believe in the power of my own system, sir. And, and, and what's your degree in? Uh, my degree is in catechism. I believe it was uh, biochemistry. And molecular biology. Yeah, sorry, and molecular biology. <laughs> uh, anyways, so look, here's the deal. Don't be an ass. Don't be a dick. Um, there, look, I'm, I, 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 there are individuals who you could be a total dickweed to, and, and that is people who understand that you're a total dickweed. You know, basically this is why I liked, I like hot seat gaming because you're all in the same room. And if you're going to be a dick, you you're either going to get your ass whooped or people will be like, ah, that's just Charlie or ah, that's just Zelius, and they're going to let it roll. Mm -hmm. But you can't do that to the general public. Well, so here's a question. So for the popular streamers, <clears throat> I'm thinking those probably making like a living off of stream big time. Yeah. Is it almost a necessary trait where you have to be able to not be easily offended? Because it seems like if you are, or have thick skin. Even if you act like, let's really put it this way, you might be able to act like you're offended, but you really actually actually have to have a thick skin because there's going to be so many. You're never going to be able to escape the trolls. Like it's just impossible yeah, if you're that popular. Yeah. So there's there come like a certain point where you have to have under you know underneath the veneer, you actually do have to have that thick skin, or you lose your damn mind. Absolutely. I mean, you you definitely have. If you are a public figure, no matter if it's as a streamer or as a politician or, you know, the CEO of a company or uh, an advertiser, if you have, if you are public facing, you have to have a, uh, a thick skin because there's always going to be those individuals who are going to try to poke at you uh, or they're, they're going to nitpick you. They're going to find something wrong with you. And then they're their joy in life is to try to rip you, tear you down to basically a wet, slobbering, uh, you know, a sniffling piece of dung. Um, One thing, especially like with streamers, though, because like that is their source of income is their interaction with the community, basically. Well, the other thing with streamers and, of course, a lot of the, the public-facing people is that there is no... Um, it's very, very difficult to separate your persona from your real uh, life or your real person, your real characteristics, your real personality. Um, the thing, <clears throat> if you if you're constantly, you know, you're you're trying to be uh, upsetting and a total dick on camera, and that's what brings in the money. You know, maybe that's totally not you when you're off camera. But so if you're ha this, this is the biggest problem when it comes to um, uh, streamers having to battle between the, the persona of who everyone thinks they are and who they really are is. Um, and I've I've listened to a lot of a lot of, uh, you know, streamers out there. One of the biggest things is. They're, they don't always have their A game, but they have to get as close as possible. They cannot show mm. weakness. Um, there are a ton of people out there who get burnt out. 
And there are a lot of people who have to have several different types of medication and, you know, therapy and stuff because of the constant abuse. No one is bulletproof. No one is 100% bulletproof. It does not happen. They, they may appear to, but there's always going to be something that gets under their skin. And it's one of those things that it just, hopefully you can find a way to kind of just keep uh, uh, sweeping it away. But, but at some point there's going to be an accumulation and there, there's going to be someone, they're going to crack. Um, the latest example, or I guess one of the later examples that has come to be is there is a YouTuber that's been around for a long time. Her name is Jenna Marbles. A uh, very unique individual. She finally, I think, has completely 100% thrown in uh, the towel. Not that she's given up, that she's just decided to move on. It's She's had so much like vitriol and trolling and all this crap in her life that she she decided to move on, which I'm totally okay with. And you also have to remember, one of the biggest names in streaming, um, Ninja, has basically a certain number, X amount of years uh, forecast, and he's out at mm-hmm. at the end of that culmination of time. He's already like, this. I'm, I'm doing a cutoff. Yep. Um, I'm sure that there's probably a small chance that maybe he'll, after this crazy-ass run he's doing, maybe he'll pop on once in a while, but he won't have that, you know, that same ferocity of constantly... Uh, you know, being on and streaming. That's the other thing is there's a lot of streamers who have to be on 24 seven in order for them to feel relevant or to continue to be relevant. And that Mm -hmm. will burn you out. I'm burnt out just thinking about it. Well, there you go. But yeah. Um, all right. So ladies and gentlemen, let's change, uh, speeds for a second here and give us, give some shout outs to some amazing people. Uh, supporters of the show. The first one, of course, is the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. Once again, uh, Indie Cluster is uh, is a great organization. We've run into them several different conventions. Uh, if you're an independent developer, you, you need to see if uh, the Indie Cluster is going to a convention near you. Uh, they are more than willing to help you out to help uh, get some love and support towards your uh, projects. Very nice. The next one is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, create expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. As I've stated so many times, your chiropractor has been my chiropractor for three or four years now. He is now the chiropractor for my son. So 
that says something if I'm not only getting adjusted by him, but I'm also my child being adjusted by him. So, here chiropractic, go check it out. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a huge, whoops, wrong one, a uh, huge fan of the show and supporter of the show, uh, Craig Campbell, um, is the creator behind Nerdburger Games. Nerdburger Games is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPGs. Now, Nerdburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nerdburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forgo dense gaming mechanics in favor of lighter rule sets that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. And if you've paid any attention to any of the times that I've reminisced about Nurburger Games, you would know that that last part, uh, allowing players to focus on telling fun, engaging, and memorable stories, that's the part that I do or remember the most because all I do is memorable stuff. It might not be fun in the, in the end, but it was definitely memorable. You just get the rest of us killed, you jack wagon. No, it's usually I, I try to help everyone out. I don't kill everybody, but I end mm-hmm. up killing myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for those who are interested, his latest Kickstarter, uh, Good Strong Hands, is still currently um, in the kickstarting phase. Uh, there's still 14 days to go. There's currently 228 backers, and the original goal of 3,000 has now gone or has now achieved over $10,000, which means that a new um, stretch goal has been unlocked, and that is uh, character playbook PDFs. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, we need to get up to two. Actually, he, okay, so he did get over 200. uh, Oh, he needs 200 book backers. People, we to need get, to get the on this. upgraded hardcover. Yeah, get this well, done, son. Run for the hardcovers for higher quality. The premium Kickstarter exclusive will have a leatherette cover with a foiled stamp design. I'm I'm in for that one already. So, um, for the upgraded hardcover. Yeah, the exclusive hardcover. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely anything that Nurburger Games makes, you're going to want to, at bare minimum, check out. And I'm almost 100% sure you should just go ahead and, and donate to it because it's, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, now, finally, the last one is our stomping ground, which thankfully has gone back into service. But unfortunately, I'm not allowed to go out there until the COVID is completely gone. That, of course, is Battle and Brew. Battle and Brew is Atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant. Opened in 2005, Battle and Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focus heavily on gaming. Now they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneered geek trivia in Atlanta and remain the hardest trivia in town. They have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites and some soon-to-be favorites. They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. Where is this home exactly? It's in Sandy Springs. Ah. Right outside the perimeter of 285. Interesting. 
Indubitably. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we did our shout-outs to our friends. Now let's do some other shout-outs. So the first thing is, ladies and gentlemen, every single year for the past eight years, this will be our ninth year running, we have participated in something called Extra Life. Uh, Ultra Confusion is proud to say we have been fundraising for Extra Life for for the ninth straight year. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money you ra- we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital, which of course is Children's Healthcare Atlanta, as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars you raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion. Or if you're watching this on Twitch, it is in the bar. It's in the um, the panel below the video. Uh, you could click there, go to the Extra Life page, or you could just go to www.alteredconfusion.com and there's a donate button on the left-hand side. Um, now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to if you do not have the ability to donate uh, to Extra Life at this time, it's okay. The, the actual donation period doesn't end until January. If you want to get in on this action, it's not too late. All you got to do is go to extra-life.org, and you can sign up today. You can get a bunch of buddies to help you out. There are a lot of people out there who basically tag team uh, so they can get the, the entire 24-hour game-a-thon uh, down and not kill themselves. Or you could be like crazy old me and do for the ninth year straight, doing at least 24 hours straight of gaming and then losing my effing mind the next day. But I you love it for the kids. You start with, sir. Touche, touche. But anyways, uh, so yeah, Extra Life, uh, extra-life.org. Um, yeah, it's, I'm a huge supporter, especially since I'm I'm playing for Children's Healthcare, Atlanta, Healthcare of Atlanta, which of course I've gone to several times when I was growing up and all my kids are, are um have gone there, my nephew, my niece, basically family members all over the place have gone there. So I want to show my love and support towards that organization. Nice. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, changing uh, pace just a little bit. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Alter Confusion has uh, a Patreon. We survive on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fan supporters, become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently on um, on Patreon, we have two different levels. Uh, there is the, uh, the $1 level and the $5 level. Now, of course, you can't put in a uh, custom donation. And if you go above $5, please reach out to me. Uh, I want you to get your money's worth, so I will. We'll try to figure out something awesomely special for you. And if there's enough people that go above uh, the five dollar limit, then of course I will make a new tier and we'll make some kind of standard. Uh, How many people above the five dollar tier to get the comic back in in production? You mean new, new comics? Com- new comics, yes. What would it take? What's the threshold, sir? I don't know, but I will tell you that. Uh, oh, yeah, I was supposed to look that up. Uh, let me look this up real quick for you. Um, I'm pretty sure that if you go to, um, I think it's drive-by. 
Comics. Is that right? Drive through comics. Uh, let me check something here. Um, maybe I didn't actually publicize it. Uh, log in. Uh, Zealish just reminding me that, uh, let's see here. My account. Um, notification. Good lord, 19. Oh. It's because this is linked with my, um, <laughs> with my, uh, drive-thru RPG. Ah, there you so go. So it's like, it's capers, 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 capers. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's me. Um, I guess I didn't ever actually, due to the current overgoing fraud attempts using fake publisher accounts, we have put in place 30 day payment holding for, okay. Are you in a hold? What? Oh, I never made the, uh, so if you want Alter Confusion webcomic volume one, uh, it is not made public just yet. Um, uh, but I did have it for $8. So I ah. haven't, uh, I haven't officially released it apparently. Not official. So how are you going to sign a unofficial item? That's a good question. Um, if, if, um, if I were to, I would sign a hard copy. I wouldn't sign a PDF. That'd be weird. You can sign it digitally. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to put my real John Hancock on there. Okay. Your name's not John Hancock. God damn it, dude. Anyways. Um, but it, I would have to think about how many, uh, pledges over, a certain amount would cause the the uh, webcomic to come back because it would be it had to be a pretty uh, big number, and I also have to get my acting gear on a bunch of other stuff around Alter Confusion. So that I don't have sense. I do not have an answer for you now, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, if you do not feel like you want to support us on a monthly basis, but maybe you want to give us the financial support of a one time deal, there of course is the PayPal route. If you're watching us on twitch.tv slash alterconfusion in the panel below the show, you will see a donate now button that goes to our uh, PayPal account, which of course is it's a one-time donation and all money that is raised by Patreon and PayPal uh, goes straight to helping Alter Confusion pay the bills, which for the vast majority of the bills right now, because there's no conventions happening, is basically just hosting our podcasts. Which is still super important. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's one of the ways that you get to listen to us. Uh, our show, hopefully, will be uploaded within the week. Uh, our last week's show has was uploaded but not published. Um, but uh, we all of our shows are done in video and uh, audio format. The podcast format, the audio format, uh, is through Podbean. So there's uh, hosting fees uh, uh, attached to that. There's always fees with everything. It is the story of life, is it not? But of course, but of course. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, if you feel like you could do a one-time donation, just hit the Donate Now button, either if you're watching this on Twitch or if you go to www.alteredconfusion.com. There's the Donate Now button on the left-hand side. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are interested in uh, supporting Alter Confusion in another way, perhaps you'd like to send us a, f a physical gift 
of some sort, you, of course, can send it to 1551 Dunwoody. That's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Village Parkway. This next part is super-duper important. That is number 88276. The reason why it's super-duper important, that number 88276, is that's the actual P.O. Box number. You do not put that number there, and it will not arrive to us. Uh, the city is Dunwoody, once again, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, 30338. And I'll be fully honest with you, if you have sent something in the past, like, month or so, I apologize. I have not been back to the P.O. Box uh, in about a month and a half. Um, I have... Not uh, who I probably sent you is flat. I, uh, I've unfortunately... The last couple times I've gone to the, um, the, the post office, it's been a hell of a journey. I just do not have two hours to wait in line because... They they don't they're basically not putting any of the boxes in the like the oversized oh, uh, wow. things they're they're handing them out you have to bring in your damn slip oh that's so it's not like it oh I yeah. gotcha that's insane yeah because I used to just go in there they'd give me a key and I'd use yep. the key to unlock the oversized box but of course COVID they're not gonna just give me a key you gotta uh, get it through the post office like the, the actual post office so I can't I can't even go after hours. To do it. That's just, that's not in the cards. Hmm. That's interesting. Indubitably. All right. Ooh. So, um, if, uh, if money or physical items are not your thing, then all you really need to do is follow us or favorite us or subscribe to us on all of our social media means. If there's something cool or exciting that Alter Confusion has done, please share it, retweet it. Um, yeah, just broadcast to everyone. If you're on Twitch, um, Please, uh, by all means, host our show so that you can uh, show all your friends the awesomeness that is the Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. And your Alter Confusion tattoo. I'm going to get one. I know. I'm working on it. I could give you the tattoo. No, 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 no. I I will get it from a professional. Thank you, Zelius. Are you not calling me a professional? I can't respond. You're not a professional tattooist. Have you ever seen me? Give somebody a tattoo? How do you know? No, and I, I, I fear for anyone who has allowed you to give them a tattoo. Rose enjoys them greatly, I'll have you Oh, know. dear God. Okay, so let's get back on track here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's a, there was a question that was asked of me, so I'm going to ask the audience. Hopefully I don't butcher this too much. Um, so as many of you probably are aware, when you're playing a game, especially in third person, and sometimes in first person, you have a tendency to want to sprint during the game. The, the thing is that once you start sprinting, you might find yourself sprinting all the time. So how, why can't developers uh, take into effect how much a player has sprinted and maybe allowed for that to become the new walk and then increase the speed for another sprint? Because options. <laughs> I was like... I understand where you're coming from. Honestly, because, I do. No, but. I, I that makes sense. And my guess is because most people, when they get close to combat, they probably slow down. But in the context of how much you're running versus in combat moving, it makes it seem like you're always potentially running. So it would probably just create unnecessary complicatedness to the game. I, I think, to be honest with you, I think this kind of rears its ugly head a lot more in games where you have to backtrack a lot. And probably mm. in a lot of open uh, 
open world games where, I mean, that's basically what you do is you just backtrack constantly. And you have those games that, um, just for shits and giggles, they not only, uh, don't let you run, they, they not only have you running all the time to make you feel like you go anywhere, but you also have a stamina meter, stamina meter. And so you can only run for so long and then you have to watch it recover. That is just annoying to me. Like I, I get like stamina meters inside of a battle. Totally get it. But having the stamina meter, that's really actually hard to say. Stamina meter yeah, outside stamina. of combat. <laughs> um, that's just annoying. Like there comes a point for a making sense in the context of combat to just being obnoxious to the gamer. Um, what I prefer is constant waypoints. So I've been playing on the Switch is Xenoblade um, Chronicles, which is a rather large game um, in a lot of places you can run. But it's great, though, because using the map, you can go to the um, waypoints, and there's a waypoint, the equivalent of every, like, 20 meters. Like, there's not a sprint, but they're so close together where it's really not a big deal to me. And I'm not a big, like, you know I me, mean? I'm not a big open world run around person, mm -hmm. but they're close enough where I've not been bothered at all by the lack of sprint. Um, because you can just really hop from place to place fairly quickly. And the other thing I also like about it too, and maybe this is also part of the running part, mm -hmm. is most of these games, half of it, you're running from the quest giver out to the quest, and then you got to run back from the quest back to the quest giver. Whereas in Xenoblade, a number of the quests, especially like your typical kill and fetch quest, once you kill those creatures, you complete the quest. So you don't have to run back to the quest giver. True. To me, those make sense in two regards. One, you're not wasting your time going back to the quest giver and then having to deal with the whole stamina issue potentially. And it just, I think to the gamer, like you still accomplish what you meant to accomplish. You're just not wasting the next five minutes running through scenery you've already seen 10 times. Okay, so real quick, uh, Sam Grizzle says, Elder Scrolls had that problem. Stamina runs out, time to walk slow. And I mean slow. And yes, yes. After, oh God, that happens a lot. And um, if, you've been, if you've been looking at Discord, you may have seen me constantly playing a game called uh, No Man's Sky. I uh, picked it up off of Steve's Dale. Um, You're playing No Man's Sky? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I will tell you that I have almost stopped playing it several times just because of the fact that um, uh, here, here's the thing. So you've got stamina, but you also have a run toggle. So mm. you don't hold down the, the key, the shift key. You just hit the shift once and you start running. So you could accidentally start running when you don't need to. And then when you really need to, you've already run a stamina, so you're dead. Oh, that's... <laughs> Stupid. Yes. Um, I really wish in, in the open world games where, especially if you're trying to get from point A to point B and you have um, Fallout has this, uh, hell, a lot of games have this where they have the ability to kind of view the the surroundings and you can kind of pinpoint something in the distance. Uh, you have the ability to basically toggle on a um, the ability to like flag something, right? so that it's constantly on your your HUD, your head-up display. I wish that there was basically, for lack of a better term, an autopilot, where as long as you don't run into crap, 
you could just walk that way and, and, you know, busy yourself doing something else, inventory management or something, just so you're just not constantly holding down the, the sprint until you can't sprint anymore, then wait for the stamina to come back and then sprint and then run for, I, w- yeah. I, I want to multitask during the monotonous, oh, this is 800 units of measurement away uh, and there's nothing going to be, there's not going to be anything between here and there, but I'm going to, but I'm going to be a dick and I'm going to make you constantly just make sure that you walk in the direct, the, the correct direction. And also God forbid, there's a slight, uh, too much of an incline, which will, even if you're walking, will knock your stamina down in no, no man's sky. So what about like a useful auto run feature to and with autopathing? No, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. I want to be yeah, able to so autopilot, autopath it. That actually screwed me up in Xenoblade because you have the auto run feature. Mm-hmm. When I first started using it, I thought it was autopathing. And so I'm like, is this the dumbest game ever? No, it turns out Zealus is the dumbest person ever. And didn't realize you just run straight, not auto to your uh, next quest. Does it run into walls? Oh yeah, no, it'll just Sweet. it just goes straight. It just wherever your character is aimed, you're going forward. By that's gosh, that's my kind of game. Oh no, but see, but the thing is, I, I understand the the logic behind this question. Um, uh, I mean, yes, there are points where, especially when you're getting near the end of the game, and there's just you're you're trying to wrap up those last couple quests. But of course, they're spread out like all over the place. And yeah. you're just like, I want to get here to go there. There is literally nothing between here and there because I've killed everything except for the final boss, which is behind that door. But I'm not going behind that door. So for the love of right. God. In MMOs, it makes sense to me. Like multiplayer, you know, multi. What's the second M? Am I losing my brain? Massively multiplayer. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Yes, I'm losing my brain. Massively multiplayer online role-playing games. It makes sense for not automatically go to your next point. Like I get that. Like you want players to see it over and over and let's be honest, pay for that subscription. Yeah. But it's a single player game. Like, come on, throw me a bone. Like, like I understand that. Yes, there's, there's the, uh, what do they call it? Um, procedurally generated environments. So there's always something new between point A and point B, but really just, Give me the option to like toggle off the sightseeing and let's just get from here to there so I can go mine the extra copper I need to build, I don't know, uh, a windshield or something. Well, that, that's what's so great about um, Hades is there was no, there was no fluff. It's just boom, go in, kill, boom, go and kill. There was no lollygagging around. The only times that you, that you sort of lollygag is when you're going between floors and uh, if you hit one of those areas that have like um, uh, special events, or if you've paid enough gems, they're like the healing rooms. Yeah, but the irony of that though is like because those battles were so intense that those were actually like welcome little reprieves. Yes. Like ah, oh, like, a room oh, where I'm not giving myself a couple I can, time. I can breathe. It's not like oh god, look at this. This is gonna be a pain in the ass. I'm gonna die again. But yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I. I need to get in play. I need to play some more Hades. The unfortunate thing is, my kids have like, uh, they've been playing a lot of um, Lego. Uh, uh, God dang it, Lego. 
Marvel super Lego Lego Marvel superheroes, and so they don't know what a save point is. So I can't um, exit out of the game because like, but this isn't where the game was before, Dad. Yeah, I get that. But I, I mean, you know, like I said, I did successfully go through the entire thing, and I, I definitely am willing to go back through it because that's the game for me. But speaking of games, for me, I ran in by accident. Um, stupid Steam decided that it needed to restart uh, with the latest update, and when it did, it popped something up on um, on my page, my curated page, and it looked so interesting that I had to take it out for a spin and buy it. Uh, and that game, of course, is the Solitaire Conspiracy. What? So it literally is. How do I describe this? It's a kind of like a secret agent uh, hacking game that you oh. utilize. So it's not a solitaire game. No, 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 no. You utilize the the a lot of the solitaire. Um, well, the basic. Um, you know, component of solitaire, which you're trying to get your ace, and then two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yep. nine, ten, nine, ten, uh, jack, queen, king. But for this one, what they have is uh, in certain they've got different levels, and the different levels have different um, they call them uh, teams, and these teams, every single team has like a different effect for their jack, their queen, and the king. Um, so there's one team that if you once the ace has been played for that suit, then if you were to put a jack of that suit on a pile of cards, it would basically uh, blow up that pile and put the cards on all the other piles. There's there's six, okay. uh, yep. eight different piles. Um, it's actually really addictive to me. Nice. Um, I played. I was like, oh yeah, I'll just I'll play a couple rounds then and. and um, yeah, I think I played about like fifteen rounds of it, and I was like, "Oh shit, oh this is interesting." There are certain there are certain uh, teams out there that you utilize, and I'm like, "I've got to get rid of them without ever using their powers because they're gonna dick me over." Because I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand something like one of them. If you put it uh, on the pile, it would go. It will sort everything so that the biggest. Um, the highest value card is at the end of the pile, which sucks because you always want the lower end of the pile. But mm-hmm. I can understand that, you know, just sorting things out could in the, the long run help you out. Interesting. So it's a very interesting game. I highly check I, I highly recommend you check it out. And that's called the Solitaire Conspiracy. The Solitaire Conspiracy. It's what I need is another game, sir. Exactly. Uh now, um, Oh, yeah, I still got plenty of time. So there was a bit of news that came out about a um, a one-time crossover uh, from two hugely uh, successful graphic novel series, and that, of course, is Lock and Key oh, and yes. Sandman. Ah. Uh, Lock and Key is a phenomenal... Um, uh, it's a phenomenal bleh, graphic novel. And but how is the movie, TV show? Look, I... I I got hooked into another show at the same time, so I need to go back and watch Lock and Key. Uh, I, I watched like the first couple episodes. I was like, okay, yep, this is staying pretty true to the the source material. Hmm. But um, that being said, uh, 
Lock and Key is a phenomenal series, but there's also a series out there called The Sandman, which of course is Neil Gaiman, who is just a big yep. ass name in his in his own right. Uh, it's a classic. Uh, uh, Locky Key is uh, is created by Joe Hill, which is also Stephen King's son, and a gentleman by the name of Gabriel Rodriguez. Who those two guys when they put their minds together, awesome. Um, but they're going to do a crossover between Sandman and Lock and Key, which mm. I I want to see how this is done, and I'm sure that this is probably going to be a one and done type of thing. Cause I don't, I don't foresee a long story arc, but it would be, I'd be very interested in, in seeing this, uh, come to fruition. Is this something that you think you will probably be interested in? Oh God. Yes. Uh, if, if the ability to pre-order was available to me, I would have already done it. That's how nice. much the, I love Sandman and I love lock and key. Um, I, I own all of the I own all of the hard covers of Locky Key, and I own all the digital copies of Sandman. So, I don't know what it is, but there's just something about um, graphic novels I just can't get into. Like I've tried and I want to, but for some reason they just don't quite wrap me in. Like I'll read like the first book, and be like yeah, that was interesting, but then I just never think about it again. I don't know why. Well, for me, I I usually I I can't read when it comes to graphic novels. I can't do issues. I need to do collections. If I do issues, then I will follow the path of Zelius. I won't be able to keep up with it because mm -hmm. it ha it go I the way that I read graphic novels or comics in general. Like I blink and I'm done because I, I don't know. I just get in the the zone and I read and I I look, and and then poof, it's gone. So unless it has you know it's a collection like oh the first fifteen uh, um, issues, then I pro I'll probably be like oh that's a cool thing, but then I'll never go back to it. Um, it has to be collections, and that's with uh, Lock and Key. There's all the one the hardback uh, ones that I have. They're all collections. Uh, there's the series was done before, way before I finally got the final book. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can't do single editions. I got to do the entire thing. You have to get it all, man. I need to get it in huge, bite-sized chunks. Um, and because of that, there are some amazing uh, graphic novels that I, I should make a list and, and recommend them out because there are some phenomenal ones. Of course, Lucky Key. And Sandman, but there's a bunch of other ones um, uh, that were very thought provoking, and and I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, so I don't want to try to say any right now because then I'm I would be pissed that I forgot. To I mean, that's how I am like with novels, like where I'm reading, like whenever I'm looking at my next fantasy or um, sci-fi series, I'm mm -hmm. always looking at something in like at least a three book trilogy of a couple hundred pages each. I don't want none of those single book standalones with rare exceptions, but I'm always looking at the next epic series. Call, call me Ishmael. All right, Moby Dick. Um, no, the thing is, um, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you, Zelius. The only time, the only time where I, I usually try to see how many more uh, chapters. I like I I call each book a chapter of the story, okay. um, 
there is. Now, of course, you know, if, if, if it's like a brand new author that just came out, I may hopefully be able to keep them on my radar. If it's interesting enough, I might actually pick up the book, but the chances of me continuing to go back to said book or said series is probably minimal. For the most part, when I get a series, it has to already be like completed. Um, with a rare exception of one I recently, so there's a series I read probably about two spring breaks ago. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it because the first book, it's basically the story of an assassin from like the evil side. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a trilogy about that, but only one of the books was out. Ah. Um, so like, oh, once the next two come out, I have to read them. Mm-hmm. So that's like one series I've actually kind of kept track of to order the next two and three books. But that's a definitely not the rule for me. For the most part, I'm looking at a very finished series. So I'm not having to go back and remember to like finish it because chances are I'm not going to if I do that. Agreed. And, and and that that fortunately or unfortunately happens to me as well. I mean, there there are some exceptions to the rule or there's there's books that are based or that a lot of people recommend. If you like this kind of book, then you'll like this book. And that's what usually suckers me into like the the not as developed series where yeah. they only have three books and I literally blink and I'm done. And I'm like, okay, seriously. Or you run into those books where you're like, you're still trying to write the same damn story over again and change the location. And that's, oh, it's Madden all over again. Oh, no, not the Madden. Not, and and I, 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 I really hate saying this, but there's an author out there who I love her work. But in her one of the one of the series that she was reading, uh, writing, uh, hopefully she's done with it. I felt like she ran, she basically fell into the Madden hole where she wanted to continue the ser- the series. But literally, it's the exact same fucking story every single time. They just change the location of the battle. Yeah, I know that story, and that's definitely an issue in fantasy books. You can like you'll read some series where it's like, wait, this was only going to be like two or three books. It ends up being like ten. Yeah. Well, the, kept- the, the thing is, there are some times where you get such a, um, you know, such a, a following for a specific character, a specific series, that you kind of fear killing them off or stopping and trying to do something different because you're, you're at that point, you are, you know, you you're beholden to your audience, and your audience wants more of whatever the name of the the book series you're doing. And so sometimes, you know, you're, you sell your soul to the devil and basically make crap just to keep the character alive. And this one, um, he has to sell his soul to the devil, uh, to save this girl. Uh, but by the end of it, it turns out the girl was the devil and the devil tricked him, but he tricked the devil. So he got his soul back. So everything's back to normal, but it was a crazy book. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, but that being said, um, going back to the crossovers, um, between Locky Key and Sandman would love to see that. Uh, can't wait for it. Now, if I had, if, if I had like a super duper crossover that, that I would love to see, I don't know why, I don't know how, but for some reason I would love to see. How do, I, how do I phrase this? Um, I want to do a... Basically, I want... There's... Uh, hell. 
one of the series that I would love to see happen is two animes. And of course there's, there's been a, um, a fan made video, a music video of putting them together, but I would love to see Cowboy Bebop and Trigun come mm. together. Mm. That would be awesome. That, that kind of crossover where, uh, Spike has to go after Vash would be a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, that would be awesome. Uh, but if you want to go really crazy, let's go with, um, Ooh, gosh, I'm trying to think here. I don't know. Daffy duck versus Donald duck. I don't know why. What the hell? Hmm. It sounds like you're basically talking about kingdom hearts now. How about this? How about Big Brother from Bioshock versus Pyramid Head from Silent Hill? Hmm? Hmm? No? Hmm? Or for Sam, let's do uh, Modern Warfare against uh, and uh, Battlefield. What about, uh, let's see here, The Force Awakens versus Overwatch? Hmm. What about what Sound about Warcraft meets what what about Warcraft meets Mordor? Battlefield one versus Call of Duty Pansies. Ooh, what about let's see here? Um what's it called? Um Farmville meets Oh, what's the original puzzle game that everybody was paying like tons of money for? Candy Crush? Yeah, Candy Crush. Candy Crush versus Farmville. What the hell would that be? The most expensive game ever. Jesus, yes. Can you imagine the microtransactions? They'd be like multiplied times the original. Say, well, if you pay this, you get five extra cows to to match to make an Uber cow. Because let's let's throw merch five into the equation. How about mm. how about Dragonheart mixed with Ooh. Elder Scrolls? Dragonheart, like the movie? Yeah. And that wasn't the first one had like Matthew McConaughey in it. No, that was Reign of Fire. Ah, oh, dang it! <laughs> Sorry, man. You lose. No, I, I would kind of want to see. Like, I'm trying to think of. I, I'm. I would be very interested to see like something that's like absolutely 100 serious, but then mix it with an absolutely like off the wall, stupid, silly comedy. Well, that's a little bit of what. Um, oh my gosh, um, Umbrella Academy kind of does at parts. Yeah, but I don't watch that. I just finished episode seven, by the way. I'm not talking to anybody about okay. Umbrella Academy. After okay. what happened to me. Okay. Well, I don't know what happened to you because it would have happened to everyone else simultaneously. I know. Um, okay. Well, in that case, ooh, we could go really dark. We could go like, ooh, mm. Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption meets Orange is the New Black. Uh, okay. Um, Hmm. That'd be like going Green Mile meets the orange uh is the new black. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now we're going weird. 
No, I, okay. Well, I'll, let me do one more. Um, let's go with... Uh, uh, damn, I'm trying to think of one. Ooh, okay. Okay. You want to be evil? Pair one with... Okay, what would you pair with Schindler's List? Um... Oh God! Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I get this right. Hold on. Um, it is. Um, Are you looking up something online? Yes. I, <laughs> I want to make sure I get the title right. That's that's why I'm. Um, because I don't want to get this wrong. Because <laughs> this would be slightly uh bad if I got it wrong. So uno mementos por favors, people. Uh, let's see here. Um, blah blah blah. Let's see here. Is this the one? Nope. Shit. I can't remember. Ah, uh, it's a Mel Brooks thing. It's basically, oh, yeah. it's, um, I think it's, I think it's actually part of history world part one, I think. Uh, that's definitely a, uh, game or not a game. That's definitely a movie. Yeah. Basically there's, um, there's a part, I think it's in that movie, uh, where it's basically Hitler on ice. Oh, I don't know that one actually. It's 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 part of it where it's literally it's so stupid. Um, I will, um, I will give you the um. Hold on. Make sure it's the right one. Hey, are you Hitler sure it's the right one? On there it is. Here we go. I, I will to anyone out there who's who's still watching. There's the the link. Um, you can watch Hitler on Ice. Mm-hmm. The producer is another great one too. Ooh. Hell, try to pair anything like um, Interview with the Vampire and um, Dracula Dead and Loving It, or. Um, Spaceball, well, shit. Spaceballs with any, you know, really hardcore, like, Spaceballs meets Dune. Oh, hmm. Hmm. Dune meets Doom. Huh. So random. There's actually a new Doom that's a Netflix exclusive. It's actually not bad. Hmm. Interesting. It's actually definitely better than the rock version of Dune. So speaking of Netflix, I I watched way too much of a certain anime back to 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 the point where um there was like a video that I didn't know was playing through my headset. Um and I didn't have my headset on, but I just kept hearing this the these tingling bells which is basically in the anime I was watching, the tingling bells, the sound, the sound of this, or kind of like a warning that this big, this mother effer is going to just fuck something up. 
And so I started freaking out, started breaking in a sweat going, oh shit, it's about to go down, but I'm not watching anything. So is this guy in my house? Did you figure it out? Was he in your house? Was he in your basement? No, it was just, like I said, it was a video playing on my, it, your- it was, it was an ad that was playing on a page that was in the background and it was just playing lightly through my, my headset. That would have been great. Like if he was but, in your Oh my gosh, dude, it scared the crap out of me. Which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I highly recommend uh, watching the uh, anime Bleach, which is a phenomenal anime, but holy shit that I watched too much of it. I mean, hell, I I watched everything that they had of Netflix. Bleach is an older anime, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, Let's see here. How many episodes of Bleach are there? Let's see here. 2004 is when it started. I love how. Hold on. There we go. I don't think they have all the episodes of Bleach on um, Netflix, but basically, it's five seasons, um, which puts it at uh, episode one hundred and nine episodes. And yes, I watched all of them. Damn it! And they were all excellent. Oh well, some of them were fluff, but I mean nah. every series is fluff. It's like let's rem- let's remind you about how this person got here, even though he's not there anymore. But we need to fill some time, so let me tell you a story about this guy's background that's not going to have any relevance in the next three episodes. But it's good to know right now because then you think, aha, I know what's going on, and then we'll smack you upside the head and go, nope, you're wrong. Or there, you could just go to the bookstore and buy like all seventy-two editions of the manga. Oh Jesus! I own the first thirteen of the manga. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Manga is something I just can never get into. Well, have the 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 biggest problem with manga is that you have to you have to force yourself to read in the in the opposite direction. That's the least of my worries. I can do that. It, well, the thing is. When it comes to with when you read a lot of comic books and you've got your certain way of reading and you basically have to flip everything uh, for manga, be it the way that you open the book and also the way that you read from right to left, uh, and then also the if like there's you know like half panels and it's not all just like uniform, it gets a little bit confusing and you have to slow down because you're like um, mm. but still manga amazing. Anime, amazing, for the most part. Though I've I've just started watching um, uh, an anime recently, or now that I've finished with all the bleach, and I I have to scratch my head going, okay, seriously, how many freaking animes or TV shows or movies for that matter revolve around two warring nations that they utilize armor? Uh, vehicles or mechs or whatever, and there's this reluctant guy who doesn't have a chance in hell of doing anything, but somehow there's this mysterious other robot mech vehicle that um, he magically is the only one who can utilize, and it's now he's the hero that could turn the tide of battle. Hell, you could do that. You could apply that to Bleach in a way. There's not a ton of anime. I mean, that's like all the anime. It's like I I don't think I can fight. I want to fight, but I I don't I'm I don't have the power to. And it's like here, here's something that might help you. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit! I don't want to fight, but I have to save these people. So I become reluctant, and then I be end up being the savior. Oh, the reluctant hero. 
Go ahead. Just give me the hero who wants to be totally badass and take names. I think that's I think that's Alucard from Helsing. Hmm. Or Deadpool. But then we're I think we're now brushing into the area of anti heroes. Hmm. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Uh, real quick, I know that we're out of time, but I do want to mention that uh, the Monster Hunter movie has finally given you a, uh, a teaser trailer, if you're interested. And they have reportedly continued to stand by their uh, being released in theaters only in December, which I'm, I don't think, I think that they will crumble and they will uh, put it on uh, videos on demand service by December. If it actually comes out in December, uh, yeah, I would imagine it's still. I mean, if Mulan's released digitally, I imagine that's the future of everything. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I love the fact that Zelius tried to mute his mic so he could sneeze, but he forgot to mute his mic when he sneezed. Uh, anyways, <laughs> all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've reached the end of the show. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout for myself, Charlie, and Zelius. It's been a pleasure giving everything on our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Thank you.